0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast with me, Heather McFadden. You're listening to episode 180, where I get to chat with Ashley Willis as she bravely shares her battle with anxiety and depression. She's also going to answer your questions you left with me over on Instagram. And here's a little clip of her sharing thoughts on the freedom we can have from shame associated with anxiety.
1: The anxious person, the last thing that we need is to beat ourselves up that what we're feeling is a sin too. So, I mean, it's like, it just snow, it's a snowball effect. And so I would have those thoughts and I would just feel so shameful over it. And for a long time, I think, you know, it it caused me personally not to talk about it because I thought, I cannot believe I'm a Christian woman. I know Jesus, you know, I, I, I know that he brings us freedom and yet I keep on going back to these same thoughts and feeling anxious. And so, um, I actually, my counselor talked to me a lot about this and, and she just helped me to see, you know, through, through the word that really anxiety is not a sin per se, but it's really like a symptom that something's off.
0: We're going to hope to help bring healing and awareness and recognition that it's okay to talk about our anxiety. It's okay to get help. It's okay to to say I love Jesus and I am having a panic attack that we can be both Uh, we're going to free you from any burdens that you have felt because of anything said to you or that you've interpreted from those around you. We're also going to address what if you think your child has some anxiety issues or what if a spouse is demonstrating symptoms of anxiety. We're going to cover a lot of different topics. Y'all were so great to share with me. You would not believe. I think I went to bed uh, one night with just leaving that question out there of have you ever struggled with anxiety and what questions do you have or what? What issues are you having? And I woke up to 40 messages on Instagram, and then they just kept coming in, just kept coming in. So such a needed topic to discuss, and I'm hoping this is just the start. Obviously, we can't cover something this big in such a short amount of time. Also, uh, we say it on the show, but I'm going to say it again. We are not clinicians. We are moms who both experienced anxiety and are sharing our stories and sharing what we've learned through the course of getting treatment. Okay, but before we get to this important conversation, a couple of business items to check off. A fun announcement I told you last week on the show. Here it is. Tickets are now on sale for the first ever God Center Mom live event. Oh my goodness. I'm so ridiculously excited because here's the deal. It's gonna be in my town, Dallas, kind of a town. It's a city really, in my church, which I mean, how fun to get to invite all of you to where I worship and where I have community and my people are going to be there. So not only do I get to share, you know, my, that space with you, I get to share my friends with you. And uh, I was thinking about having the event at some swanky place, but I thought the last thing you moms need is the pressure to go out and buy something cute or get your eyebrows done. I mean, who has time for that? I mean, I have i don't even know the last time I've ever had eyebrows done anything. Uh, so I want you to be able to just show up and us pour love over you and just fill you up, not just with information, but with wisdom, with encouragement, with friendship, with discipleship, all the things that I'm passionate about. Um, my goal is to have a mentor at each table uh, and bring in some fun friends for y'all to hear me interview and chat with. Some goodies, some fun giveaways I already have planned. There'll be some delicious treats from Hospitality Suite. So you can get your tickets over. Go to godcentermom.com backslash live and you can get your tickets. They're $15 each. Uh, I would love to be able to meet you there. Really, truly, honestly, help me celebrate four years of the podcast. Um, also, I mentioned it last week in last week's show, but I want to make sure you hear it again because it's such a short time that you can sign up for it. The amazing parenting experts Jim and Lynn Jackson are offering their Discipline That Connects course, and once you sign up for it, you get it for life. And uh, but right now until December. It's moderated, so you can go through the course with your spouse or your friends, and there'll be someone there answering your questions as you work through it. You can work through it on your own timetable. There are six different sessions, but uh, you have to sign up before the end of October 2017. And to go do that, go to godcentermom.com backslash DTC, Discipline That connects. You'll learn about how to communicate core messages to your kids that discipline isn't just about they misbehave and you give them consequences. It's about communicating positive messages like you are safe, you are love, you are valued, and you are responsible. Go sign up for that course over at godcentermom.com backslash DTC for discipline that connects. If you do, make sure you let me know too because we've had this Facebook group going that a gal, a listener moderates for us that's just GCM listeners that are also working through the course. And I can add you to that Facebook group. So you can be a part of like an intimate group of GCM listeners who are also working on our discipline. All right. That's all the announcements for now. I'm sure I'll think of something by the end of the show, but let's get right to my conversation with Ashley. Here we go. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. Thank you for having me, Heather. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Two moms of boys. I mean, what what kind of crazy trouble are we going to stir up today?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. I tell you, it is crazy. (laughs) It is crazy.
0: Well, y'all remember the trip I took last March. Ashley's husband, Dave, was also invited to go on that trip. And that's how I got connected with Ashley. It was an amazing trip. And I think almost every day he said, you and my wife would be best friends. You and my wife would be best friends. (laughs) He kept saying that. And so I'm thrilled to get to hang out with you and just chat about these heart issues and the struggles we have and just the freedom that we'll get to bring to the gal who's listening. But before we get to all that, would you introduce everyone to your family real quick?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So um, I'm Ashley Willis and I'm married to Dave Willis. And both Dave and I do marriage ministry and we created something called Stronger Marriages dot org. Um, it's the marriage Facebook page and we love to do that. And we, um, so we have a passion for encouraging marriages, but first and foremost, you know, we are parents to four boys and we name them all, uh, with C names. And so we trip (laughs) over their names all the time and it's ridiculous, but their names are Cooper, Connor, Chandler and Chatham, and they are 12, 5, and two. And so it's pretty crazy most of the time, but we love it. They keep us on our toes and Life is, is, is hectic, but it's beautiful. And it, I feel like I'm like my parents, like every year seems to go by faster and my parents were totally right about it. So <laughs> try to cherish the moments.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there was a little, you did a little span there, 12, 10, and then a five-year break and then five. We two. did.
1: Yeah. We had to catch our breath a little bit. So <laughs> <That's good. laughs>
0: yeah, that was very wise. Very wise. <laughs> now, part of your story that you had shared with me was a struggle with anxiety and uh, I yes. would love for you to kind of walk us through what that looked like for you, because I'm very confident that you are not alone in that. Yes. So help the mom who's also been down that road.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, well, for me, uh, my anxiety got really bad, really in the early years of my marriage. And I, at the time, like like it is with most people who deal with anxiety, I didn't realize that's really what I was going through. I just kind of thought I'm adjusting to married life. I'm you know, trying to figure out what life is now, you know, it's a big transition. I was still actually in college when we got married. And so I was a college student as well. And so I was just, I kind of, you know, passed it off as just extra stress, extra worry, and kind of ignored the signs for a while until we had our first child, which was about three years into the marriage. And that's when postpartum set in as well. So like I was already dealing with anxiety and depression and then, and then here comes postpartum, which, you know, I thought was just a baby blues. And then it kind of, it lingered and it ended up lingering for four years. Mm. And so in that time, that's when I started having really intense anxiety attacks at night. And just to describe it for readers who maybe haven't had it, it, it just feels like you're drowning. Like I, I, I really, this is a picture just like you're drowning and you, you see, you see how to get out of the water and you know how to, how, to swim up but you are helpless and you can't do it and you just feel the weight of the water coming over top of you and getting you're just you're falling deeper and deeper into the the depths of the water and you just can't get out and you feel paralyzed and that's really that's really how i felt really in those four years and i would have you know during the attacks i would have uh the anxiety attacks i would have belabored breathing sometimes i would get physically ill and have to run to the bathroom mm. and throw up or I, I would um you know just not be able i'd be sweating physically sweating just feeling toiling, you know, that toiling and, um, restless soul kind of going on at night. And as a Christian woman, I felt really guilty about this Mm -hmm. because, and we'll talk a lot, I think about this more, but I, I really had always considered anxiety to be a sin. And, uh, so I felt really guilty and I thought, why can't I shake this? And I couldn't even for a lot of years, I couldn't even point to what really the source of this anxiety was in particular. But, um, you know, over time I was able to really, uh, recognize it for what it is. I talked to Dave about it. You know, there'd be many nights I woke him up in the middle of the night and I would say, I think you're gonna leave me. You know, I really had those lies that Satan puts in our minds, like, you're gonna leave me. I'm not the woman you married. I can, you know, I'm I'm just I'm depressed and I'm anxious all the time and I'm, you know, I'd put on a happy face for everybody else, but Dave would really see kind of the really the the terrible time that I was having with this. And every time he would pray with me, he would encourage me, and he would look me in the eyes, and he would say, "I'm not going anywhere because God's going to get us through this, and I'm going to help you as well. We're gonna we're gonna get help. We're gonna do whatever it takes to get you through this." And so, little by little, I was able to get the help that I needed. I read a lot of books. Obviously, first and foremost, the Bible. I started meditating on verses. I started, you know, my prayer life became even more important to me than it that it had been. And uh, so, God really used it to grow me during that time and to draw me closer to Him. And then I did go to Christian counseling as well, and that helped me tremendously. And in the beginning of my postpartum depression and anxiety i did get on an antidepressant for a short period of time so i'll talk about that too cuz i know some people are very much anti medication i was i was on it for just a few months and it helped me raise my serotonin levels because sometimes you know you're just chemically your body is not producing enough serotonin so you kind of get into your mind spirals down and it helps you kind of break that spiral but i don't believe that it's a a fix it for everything. You know, I think that there's, there's underlying issues and it's a spiritual battle. And so, um, that's, that's why the counseling and the scriptures and everything were ultimately what helped me to, to be healed of this. And, and I just want the woman who's listening, who relates to this story and is, is like, you are describing me. This is exactly mm-hmm. what I've gone through. I just want you to know that this is not a life sentence for you. I think that was a lie too, that I believe a lot. You know, this is just who I am now. I'm just going to have to deal with this. And I'm just never going to, I'm never going to feel the weight lifted from me ever again, because my life is just one of anxiety. And I just want to tell you, that's a Mm. lie and that God wants us to live in freedom. And there are things we can do to, to break out of this anxious spiral.
0: Thank you for sharing. First of all, sure, it's always hard to be the one that goes first or put your story out there. So I know, um, Anyone who's experienced that feeling like you described, that drowning, the physical yes. pressure on your body that's – I remember you – and know, I have felt it. My husband has felt it in different seasons. And I yes. remember him telling me, he's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I really – when people would say they're having panic attacks, I did not get what they were talking about. And when like, you experience it for yourself, I think you gain <laughs> – you gain uh, an empathy, obviously. But just – an appreciation for those who have chronic anxiety, maybe since right. childhood have been struggling through. And like you said, I've been told or believed that it's a sin. And then they've been living in the shame of the guilt that on top of this thing, they can't control there's they're doing it wrong. And there's something wrong with them that God is right. against. It's a lot of layers. And so I appreciate you sharing, first of all, all of that. And sure. so To answer some of the questions we got, and we'll kind of talk through your story some more as we answer these questions, I alluded to it. There's chronic anxiety where you have had it since childhood. And then I feel like there's situational or seasonal anxiety where um, the stress of life or the physical changes. A lot of women go through this with the yes. you know, pregnancy. And like you said, it's, you think it's the baby blues, quote unquote, or for me, I was an extrovert. So a depressed and ancient version of an extrovert is um, <laughs> kind of a normal person. So it was harder for me to pinpoint. So t- let's talk through that a little bit. What thoughts do you have sure. about for the gal who this has been her whole life story? I've had one gal reach out that said this is a generational thing for her. She okay. was parents, right. uh, it's genetics, it keeps getting passed down and they're nervous about their children then having Absolutely. it. So let's talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yes. No, and that, these are great questions because it does, you know, anxiety definitely has a broad spectrum. So sometimes, you know, like you said, I think that we can all experience some level of anxiety and -hmm. sometimes it's happy, you know, like we can be anxious because we're going to speak publicly or, you know, things like that. This is, uh, you know, the anxiety that I think we're really focusing on today is when it's prolonged and this can, it can be situational based on maybe a, a stressful season that you're in, or if you, you know, lost someone that you love and suddenly you feel like your support system's not there anymore and so you're anxious i mean that would be situational and you know the approach to it would be similar to chronic as far as what what you do to get help but your experience is a little bit different because it's not as 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 long mm-hmm. and i think the main difference there is that with chronic anxiety like if you've had this in your family like you said the the girl that wrote in that's that's me i can relate to that it's it's been i didn't realize it till i started actually talking about it with my family And then I'm like, Oh, okay. So everybody has had, you know, a level of this, you know, in our family for years. So we tend to be prone to this. Cause I do think there's some, you know, genetically, some of us are our minds and the way they work. We're just more prone to, to anxiety. And I do think there's something with that. Uh, but I don't think that means that we're doomed. So I just want to put that out there, but I do think we have to kind of recognize our triggers, but I do think, yes, it's, it's chronic when no matter what season you're in, it doesn't take much to kind of bring on the anxiety and that you can look back and say, Oh, I can look back to when I was a little girl where most little girls were able or little boys were, you know, were able to shake off something. I, I, I just couldn't. It would kind of, my my husband says this, like when I was going through this, and I thought this was a great word picture. He says, you know, most of us have birds that fly over our heads every day, like thoughts. Okay. So the thoughts are like birds. But he said, I I feel like the anxious mind allows those birds, those worrisome thoughts, like the nasty birds (laughs) flying over your head (laughs) to make a nest in your head and Mm -hmm. then to lay eggs and let those eggs hatch. And so it just becomes this cycle. And before you know it, you've got this crazy worrisome bird's nest in your head and you just can't shake it out, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what happens with those anxious thoughts. And so the chronic, like for someone who's experiencing chronic anxiety, we tend to feel that way a lot. Like we have to know kind of how our mind works and what lies we tend to believe. And then we have to replace it with the truth of God's word, you know, just like the verse... In the Bible, that says, you know, we have to take our thoughts captive, and we have to replace it with the truth of God's word, and so, and that takes practice and time and prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, just to speak to the the one who's dealing with situational anxiety, even though it's maybe something you've never experienced before, and all of a sudden you're having this in a prolonged state because of a season, a hard season you're going through. Again, you have to kind of recognize what is that trigger, or what is that that fear or lie that you're tending to believe right now that is causing the anxiety. And then I think once we're able to recognize that and counseling really helps with this, because sometimes we can't even recognize it ourselves without yeah. someone really talking it through with us. You know, once we can recognize that, I feel like that's when we can really start to heal from it and know how to cope. Uh, you know, coping is a big, a big part of the healing process.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important. A friend shared that a couple of their daughters dealt with anxiety and what helped them was counseling, like you've said, and that- yes. I said, what specifically did the counselors do to help? And she said, coping skills, things and ideas that I couldn't give them. Uh, And I think it's, you know, just even talking about this topic for a gal who's having that situational, who's wondering at what point is praying about it or trying to take my thought captive on my own. And it's not working. At what point do I reach out for help? You know, because she's not familiar. It's not a chronic thing. It's not something that's a part of her family's story and it's new to her. And she kind of feels, you know, unsure. How, when do I take this seriously?
1: Right. I would say I would not wait. I mean, I really think that the sooner you can get help, the better. And, you know, counseling, I know sometimes people feel weird about it because they're like, well, I'm not really that bad or it's mm-hmm. not, I can handle it on my own. And I think once we start rationalizing that in our mind, we need to go get help <laughs> because yeah. obviously, you know, we're, we're not, we're not able to cope with it and that's okay. I mean, that's why, you know, God gave these amazing people the gift of counseling, which I just, I love, I love Christian counselors. I feel like they're doing such a great work to help people. And they're, you know, they're trained in this where it may only take, I mean, if you feel like it's not, you're like listening to this and you're thinking, well, it's not, I'm not getting physically ill. It's not quite that bad, but I am having trouble with these thoughts. You know, you may not need to go for years to counseling, but you may go, you know, maybe a couple of times and, and it really helps you process more so that you're not plagued by these, this anxiety and these worrisome thoughts, because we don't need to live like that. I think we kind of tell ourselves, and I did this too, like, oh, I can just, wake up and put on a happy face. And I'll just eventually stop thinking about these things. And right. you know, many times it gets worse. I think sometimes it just ends up getting worse. And maybe then there's another stressful situation that happens in your life. And before you know it, it, it's an even bigger problem. So I'd say if you've even thought about it, if you've even thought, you know, I just feel like every day it's just hard. I don't feel like myself. I feel like something's off. That's a good time to go talk to a counselor. I totally agree. hundred percent. Yes.
0: (laughs) hundred percent. I regretted waiting as long as I did. I think it it took like literally having a meltdown and a drive through with my whole family in the car to finally realize, oh, my stars. I've been putting on the mask long (laughs) enough. I've been pulling up my bootstraps long enough and just having that objective voice to look into my situation and to speak truth into it and not feel that guilt. Like, why can't I get it together? What's wrong Mm -hmm. with me? Why can't I just fix this? And all that baggage that brings, it's super helpful to get that outside voice. And we're not counselors. Ashley and I are not. We're not clinical physicians or anything. So some of your questions, I know I'm not going to be able to answer today. And I don't think Ashley will be able to either. But I'd like to tackle next, this is anxiety a sin? Because there were so many people that responded that they've either been told that, Um, Or they've heard a sermon preached on that and specifically the Philippians 4, 6, where it says, do not be anxious about anything. And so then the pastor will then say that it's a sin. So let's talk through that a little bit.
1: Yes. And this is one, like I used to believe, you know, that, that was under the impression as well, that it was a sin for a long time. And that's why I would be, you know, the anxious person, the last thing that we need is to beat (laughs) ourselves up that what we're feeling is a sin too. So, I mean, it's like, it just you know, it's a snowball effect, and so I would have those thoughts, and I would just feel so shameful over it and for a long time, I think you know it, it caused me personally not to talk about it because I thought I cannot believe I'm a Christian woman, I know Jesus, you know I, I I know that he brings us freedom, and yet I keep on going back to these same thoughts and feeling anxious and so um, I actually my counselor talked to me a lot about this and and she just helped me to see you know through through the word that really anxiety is not a sin per se but it's really like a symptom that something's off and that that you are experiencing some thoughts and some uh, you know different Things in your life where something is off that we need to surrender to the Lord and that we need to, to look through His lens instead of through the world. Or, and it's really uh, the verse that really we would focus on when we were talking about this is 1 Peter 5 7, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. And, and I love that because it's not condemning us, it's not saying, you know, you anxious people, stop it, you know, you just need to get over this on your own. It's saying, like, let me take, you know, let me take your anxiety because I care for you. It's because God knows that as human beings, that we're going to be prone to anxiety, some more than others, and that we can't bear it on our own. I mean, I I love that verse because it tells me you really cannot bear this on your own and we're not supposed to. And that's why we need the Lord to come and intervene and to help us and to surrender it to Him. And I would say, you know, Satan wants us to feel shameful. You know, God is a God of freedom. He doesn't want us to live in shame. He doesn't, you know, shame is not a staying place. Shame is something that, uh, we, we, you know, can feel when we're in the wrong and then we're supposed to quickly repent and surrender to the Lord, but it's not some place we're supposed to stay. That's where Satan wants us to stay. And that's where the spiritual battle, you know, kind of comes in with anxiety, especially, you know, for those of us who are Christians and who do know the truth, I feel like Satan has a heyday. I mean, just yeah. has a heyday yeah. with the anxious mind and says, you know, see, I can't believe you would think that how dare you would think that, you know, you must not be a strong Christian or you mm-hmm. must really have major problems. And And so then we just keep it in the dark, but you know, God wants us to bring what we're feeling to the light so that He can take it from us and He can heal us and show us His truth. And so I would just, uh, I, you know, if you're thinking right now, you know, I just, I've always been taught anxiety is a sin and I just feel sinful. I would just, you know, ask the Lord to just help you surrender your anxiety to Him. And I think just that, that act of the prayer and the surrendering. It, it helps you to to feel his presence and the freedom, and it's not, it, it's just, it's not like anxiety is something that we're choosing. You know, I don't feel like you know all those years of trying to toil over thoughts was something that I wanted to do. I mean, who wants to be anxious, right? But it's it's a, it's really a stronghold that I believe you know through circumstances, through just our tendency to be anxious that. That is a spiritual battle that we go through, but you know, ultimately, God can bring us healing through this. But we don't need to live in shame.
0: I love that first Peter verse. That's great yes. because it is—it's acknowledging you're going to have it. I even looked up my Strong's concordance. Yeah, you know, it's in King James. So the King James for "Do not be anxious about anything" is "Be careful for nothing," and the right. "Be careful" is a Greek word, merum merino- nao, which means okay. to take thought to, uh, care. And it comes from a word idea of a distraction of a care. So take thought, be careful. Yes. And it's about our cares. And and even that first Peter is often translated, cast your cares upon me. And so I think we do get tripped up because of that English translation of that word. And, and then we even, we haven't even talked about like anxiety. It's a feeling, like you said, it's a red flag. It's a, feelings are and emotions are the way our bodies tell us what's right, what's wrong. And if we need to have those red flags, but it's what we do with them that matters and shoving them down and hiding them is not, is not uh, helpful. <laughs> it's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it's not helpful at all. Yeah, so not at all. another question we got was, is it okay to take medication, which you talked about your season of taking medication, which I'm so thankful for because I really want to bring freedom to this. Like you said, yes. it's such a helpful tool. We live in 2017. Yes. Of course yes. it's not mentioned in the Bible <laughs> because <Yes. laughs> it wasn't an option. And then, you know, I've seen I've seen it so beneficial to opening up, like you said, the giving the ability for the serotonin levels to come up and for the thinking mind to take action so that the feelings can be brought down a level because you're in such a fight or flight. You can't even have the logical mind kicking in. You can't logically tell someone stop being, stop worrying, stop being fearful when their fear is so heightened. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, tell us a little bit more about your experience with that.
1: Oh, absolutely. No, I, I do think, and you know, it is, I think sometimes we feel like, well, do I really need medication? And that's where I was like, do I, do I really it need this? Extreme, this right? is
0: like it seems extreme. It, it we did. feel we it feel embarrassed, or we feel. I mean, I think we get that again. We put that shame on ourselves. We feel we do. Like, we
1: do because yeah. I thought, well, I'm not. It's not really know, that bad, right? It's not that bad, <laughs> yeah. and and I think too, like we toss around a lot of times when you're anxious. You think, am I crazy? Am I that crazy? Mm-hmm. You know? And I In thought, negative, I don't know yeah. if I'm that crazy. But yeah. then there were days where I'm like, no, I'm that crazy. Like I really need this, but <laughs> but you know, we're with anxious uh, thoughts. We're not crazy. I mean, yes, our mind is not working as as it needs to, and it's and it's like you said, it's bringing out these feelings in us and these reactions in us that aren't healthy, and so we need help. But I would say, you know, just when you look at the science behind these antidepressants and anti anxiety medications, a lot of times they are just helping with that serotonin level, and essentially that's kind of what helps us to feel good, you know, and to feel normal. And when it's really low, which especially after having a baby, we have the hormone issues, you know, if you're yeah. having postpartum and then if your serotonin is going down because you're dealing with stress or you're dealing with just anything that can just kind of throw you out of whack in your life, that serotonin level can, can get really down. And so these, these medicines just kind of help it raise up enough that you can like, like you're saying, Heather, feel normal to be able to handle this. Because mm-hmm. when, when our thought patterns are, are not, as they should be, it's hard for us to really see the truth because mm-hmm. it's just masking all these lies. And it's like that nest on our head, you know, that's had all these nasty lies and worries and fears for years. You know, it's going to take some time to clean that out. And we need our mind to be able to be working and at full capacity to be able to have that true healing. But I will say this too I, I know a lot of people. Who are who really don't want to go to a counselor? You know, they're willing to go to their OB and like say, "Hey, even if they didn't just have a baby, like because mm-hmm. OBs will give they will give antidepressants." So they'll say, "Hey, I'm feeling a little sad," and they'll get or, or anxious, and they'll they'll get the medicine, but then they won't do anything else. And I found that that, that it really only helps so much because you still are going to have those, the core root. Yeah. Yes, the, yeah. the, exactly, the core root and those things that cause the anxious thoughts, and and not know how to completely cope with them. And so I just encourage you, you know, don't just take a pill and expect it to fix things because it won't. I mean, it really won't. It will help you to be more able to get help, I guess, and and able to see things clearly, but it won't completely fix the issue. And sometimes too, these pills will numb your emotions, which Mm -hmm. on one hand is okay if you're not crying hysterically or having the heart palpitations that are brought on by anxiety. I mean, it's good that you're not going to have that. But on the other hand, you know, like like we've talked about, those are symptoms that there's an underlying issue and, and there's things that we need to deal with. And so sometimes when you numb yourself so much, you don't realize that anymore and, and you just kind of never deal. And so it just keeps on coming up and coming up in your life. And so it's very important that we just go in, if, if we decide to, to go the medication route, that we do support that with counseling. So good
0: love everything you just said. So for the gal, so we're moving on to the next thing. So she's, perhaps she's on medication, perhaps she's getting help, perhaps she's thinking more clearly, or maybe she's seeing a little bit of anxiety in her life. Maybe it's not to the level where she's seen a counselor. What have you found to be helpful in a moment that that anxiety is coming on to help you calm down? Is there any scripture or prayer? I mean, like we said, we don't want to be the ones who are like, just fix it with scripture, but scripture is valuable. Right. Prayer is valuable. And those are tools that God has given us in the moment. How oh, do we, how do we do that? Do that well. And when our, <laughs> sometimes it's just hard to, hard to do. It's hard to do.
1: Right. No, it totally is. And I do think that's something that it takes practice. Okay. And it takes consistency, but I am, I'm such a huge believer in meditating on Scripture. And, uh, and what I would do, honestly, and, it, and it's biblical. I mean, this is something, it may sound crazy to, to some people listening, but I would literally, if I was by myself, I would say certain scriptures that I had memorized out loud. And I, and I got this from when Jesus is in the desert being tempted by Satan. Mm-hmm. He literally would say the word out loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. And, and it obviously, you know, when you're in the midst of having those condemning thoughts, that is a spiritual battle and we need to speak the truth over that. And so I would say, you know, various verses like, you know, like cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, I would say that, and it, it may sound kind of radical to some, but it really helped me. And like Romans eight thirty seven, you know, no, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Like I would... I would just say it out loud and I would write them on cards and I would post them in my car. I would post them in my bathroom, like any place I was regularly Mm -hmm. I would post these verses and just surround my myself with them because I was in, in the midst of just lies all around me. I just, I felt like I was just, you know, Satan was using it to make me feel condemned Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted to just be surrounded by God's truth. And it takes sometimes those radical movements when you're really in the thick of it and so that, those are some things that would help me. And I would also pray. I mean, and sometimes I would pray out loud. I mean, it would just help me, you know, and I'm not saying go do this in the middle of the supermarket when you're anxious <laughs> in the middle of like, don't do that. That will right. not be good. So like do it when you're by yourself. I always want to preface in the that. Car, in the you car, might scare your children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, I mean, Jesus literally in the desert said behind me, Satan, if you want mm-hmm. to say that, go for it. But I mean, it's, you know, it's just being very bold and, and, it's, it's almost like proclaiming, you know, I'm, this is God's battle and it's already Mm -hmm. won, but I'm feeling like I can't do this on my own and I'm going to speak this out loud. And it really, really helps. And so I actually wrote a book about this, about what verses that specifically help me because it's, it's just something that's been so helpful. And it's, it's just straight up from the Bible. There's 31 of them. It's the book's called 31 verses and prayers for the anxious mind and heart. And so there's, There's a verse and a prayer for each day. It's not too long because again, the anxious person doesn't need more to do. (laughs) So so it's very simple, but, um, you know, I just feel like, uh, verses and prayers, they are, they're just, they're what keep us close and connected to God and remind us that we're his and that, that, you know, we believe his truth and what he says about us and, and not what, what we're seeing and not how we're feeling. Because I think sometimes we can get so wrapped up in how we feel and you know, I will tell you if you're like you know you get in the car and you're feeling that those heart palpitations come on or you're sweating, just start saying those verses, and then just pray, just say, "God help me." I mean it doesn't have to be like you know God knows what's going on in our hearts. just say, "Help me, Lord, help me to see your truth, and just start breathing. I think breathing is a really good that's a coping mechanism any counselor would tell you just breathe try to slow down your breathing and and just kind of meditate on his word, speak it out loud and it will really, really help you to calm down pretty quickly, and uh, you know that's that's something that I've had to do many times. You know I have been over the constant anxiety for many years now, but there are moments where it'll I can feel it coming on mm-hmm. and and I'll start having that trouble breathing, and my heart will start beating out of my chest. I mean, you feel like it's in your throat, like your heart is beating in your throat. Yeah. And I'll start sweating and I will, I still will go back to these verses and I will still do that. And every time it does bring me peace. And in fact, when I was, when I was writing this book in particular, I literally right. in, I think it was like the last week I was putting it together. I started having this again and I thought it's just a spiritual attack, you know? Yeah. And it just, yep. you know, we got, we have to come back to the word and what, you know, his truth instead of these worries and these fears that we're feeling. And they do, they just, they just bring peace. I mean, cause that's, you know, Satan he may not, you know, do something crazy in our life and you know, that's some big catastrophic event, but he can distract us and make us lose our peace real easy. So we have to, especially if we're prone to those anxious thoughts, we have to really tune in to the word and uh, and keep our minds focused on that. It's like, you know, the verse that talks about think on these things, whatever's praiseworthy, you know, think on these things that that bring peace to our life and not strife.
0: Yeah. So good. The breathing thing, I mean and I've mentioned this probably a thousand times on the show, so everyone listening has to bear with me. But that whole breathing in a name of God, breathing out what yes. you need from Him—yes, breath prayers—it's ancient. People have been doing it for centuries. But I love it. To yes. me, it's so helpful, and it is a good reminder to take the breath because I can forget to <laughs> to do the breathing, but I can remember to do the breath prayer. I don't know why. Right. Um, maybe it's the combination. But saying it out loud, yeah. I mean, why? Why don't I do that more? Yes. Because we know, I mean, John 1, the word became flesh. Like words are, God spoke the world word, the world into existence. You know, he created with a word. And so right. the power of words and sound waves, I mean, I don't think we get like what dimension it moves when we exactly. actually breathe out and say words and call on the name of Jesus. It's so, so helpful. What if, and how do you help... A family member struggling with anxiety. What was most helpful to you? You mentioned Dave just speaking truth over you when your fear was that he was going to leave, and him just repeating, I'm not going to leave you. Uh, I know there's wives out there listening whose husbands are struggling with anxiety. And I'm sure for men, this is, I mean, it's hard enough for women to talk about it. I can only imagine for men. The the shame that they feel and they're just supposed to be this strong force and they've got all this work pressure and career pressure and even more pressures to be present in the home and as a good husband. And so I'm right. confident men are feeling a lot of anxiety. Um, how do we support them well?
1: You know, I think that's such a good question. And I, I so wish Dave was here with me because just to speak to that, but I will tell you what he did for me that like really helped me. And then in, in the couples that we've worked with, because like you're right, it's not just a, a, a female, yeah. a female mm-hmm. issue. I mean, this is for any, anyone, like and even children. Children can yes. be, you know, very anxious. But um, I, I think just first and foremost, not rushing the process of healing. I mm. see a lot of times when Dave and I work with couples where one's having the anxiety, the other, you know, the spouse that's not having anxiety gets really frustrated. And I, t- I totally understand it. Okay. Because it can be so many years that you have this and it really does affect your relationship it can affect your home life you know and so i totally get the frustration but that frustration to an anxious person just feels like like you're going to up and leave or that feels like pressure and we don't need more pressure you know yeah. and so something dave did is he would just not pressure me or or rush my healing he would encourage my healing like mm-hmm. have you called the counselor to make your appointment this week or um hey here's this verse that i read today that i think would bring you some peace or you know, anytime I would ask him for prayer or an encouraging word, he would do it. He never once said, no, you know, it's four in the morning. Why did you wake me up? He never made me feel bad about that. And I, mm-hmm. I just can't, I just, you know, honestly, I, I that just sp- spoke volumes to me as his wife, that my healing was more important than his sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And I know, I know so many times I'm sure he wanted to turn over and say, listen, this is your problem. You just need to kind of figure this out on your own. But he never said that because, you know, in marriage, it's not, His problem, her problem, it's our problem because it affects both of us. And so I would just say if if your spouse is going through this right now, just anytime they they need it, pray with them. You're probably, you know, sometimes you may not even know the words to say. Sometimes it's just holding them and Mm -hmm. letting them cry on your shoulder. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are many times I would just be sobbing and not even knowing quite why. And and I couldn't probably even form the words at the time, but Dave would just hold me and he would just be there with me and, and and knowing that that, you know, you're not going anywhere, that you're there and you're going to support each other through it all. That, that speaks volumes. And I think that when you can show them, you know, that you're going to be patient with them in this, that, that also gives them that, that resting place to know, you know, yes, my life may feel like it's spiraling out of control, but I know that, that my spouse is there with me no matter what. And I think it goes the same for kids. I mean, I think that our kids need to know, you know, we're, we're going to see you through this. We're going to do whatever it takes to get you help. I think uh, as, as one who dealt with, now that I, you know, kind of can look back on this, I see that even as a child, I tend, I tended to be anxious Mm -hmm. and I really, I don't know if my mom, I mean, you know, she did the best she could, but I don't think, you know, especially back then too, I don't even know if people really talked about that in Uh, children like they do today, Mm -mm. Mm -mm. but that's something that I do look for in my kids. Like if they just tend to freak out a lot, like if something that seems small, you know and i don't even mean just a dramatic child that is just expressive because i definitely have some of those <laughs> but i mean i mean like you know like i yeah. just mean like you can tell they are wearing they they're feeling this burden a great yeah. burden that they're putting kind of on themselves those are some red flags and i think that you know be quick to talk it through with them i think that talking through with it is good but if they can't even put words to it and you can tell that they're just kind of harboring it inside that's when you probably want to get a counselor that can work with children specifically, and I think that could help you know tremendously. And I, and I make sure it's a Christian counselor. I always say that just because there's some awesome counselors out there that maybe don't necessarily label themselves as Christian counselors, but Christian counselors, you know, they're they're going to give you all those practical steps, but then they also give you the the scriptural support and you have prayer and you know they're. I feel like you're not going to have that full healing if you don't, if you take faith out of it. So I just really encourage people if you're going to go to counseling, please make sure it's a Christian counselor.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And a couple things about you were talking about the spouse. I'm curious with a husband. Yes. You know, it's going to be tricky if a wife said, Hey, have you made your appointment this week? That's going to feel like nagging, right? Or I found this verse like that. And they may not be the ones coming and crying to you, they may actually pull away more. There's right. going to be more distance because they're embarrassed that they can't pull it together, so they're going to um, right. isolate probably for themselves from friends, themselves from Absolutely. from your family, and so I kind of wonder if it might be helpful for you to say, "Hey, I'm struggling as the female. Right? Would you go to counseling with me?
1: With me to be the one? And I do think that can, for,
0: yeah, you know, so that they." They can see it as they're helping you, but really it's for them.
1: And it kind of sounds
0: manipulative, but if your spouse is isolating themselves and is going through that, you probably still need counseling yourself. I mean, it's it's legitimate. Right. It's legitimate.
1: Oh, yeah. no, I think that's a great idea because it is, you know, I do find that men tend to not be as willing to go to counseling than women. I don't know why that is. It's like asking but, for directions,
0: um, asking for help. Yes. It looks like a weakness and... <laughs> You know, right. Not all men are like this. My husband's the one always asks for directions first. He's like, he's way, way more humble than I am, and a lot of things. But um, yeah, I think that in general, if we're gonna make stereotypes, um, it's right. hard for men to admit weakness, and um, they're supposed to be the man. You know, they're not supposed to show emotions it, it, or have struggles, and yeah,
1: that's right. And a lot of times too, I, I know that men will not necessarily share, like, if they're having these fears or these worries that just will not leave, and they, you know, they're having mm-hmm. anxiety they don't want to burden their wife with it because they think, well, I don't want to worry her. But, uh, so sometimes it is kind of hard to get that out. So I do, I think that Heather, what, what you suggested is awesome. Like go together Mm -hmm. and, uh, not like you're trying to create an ambush or like an an intervention (laughs) necessarily, you know, but, but it just, I do think it's good. And the counselor would be able to see that, you know, I actually have some friends who went through this a little bit and, um, the husband, you know, she could just see that her husband was just becoming you know, more anxious by the day. And something that really helped with him is he had some friends in his life, some male friends in his life that also were able to notice it. And they actually, you know, his wife, you know, she gently kind of told him like, I think it might be good to talk to somebody. But when his uh, friends and coworkers, and these are very close, you know, that you have to really know somebody really well to make these kind of suggestions. When they were able to say, look, like, I just, I think that you're really struggling here and I've struggled with this before. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. alone in this and this counselor helped me. That helps too. So sometimes if you have a good community, you know, around the spouse that is tending to kind of go off by themselves, I think it's good if if there can be several voices that are encouraging, you know, especially, you know, if it's your husband, like Mm -hmm. for example, encourage him to go do that. And so that you take the you, you kind of take the label off of it and make it not such a big deal. Cause I, th- I do think sometimes, you know, they think, well, it, you know, this is, I should, I'm a man, I shouldn't be dealing with this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we, we just put these things on ourselves and we think that it's just going to go away, but it won't. And so I, I, in my friend, my, in my friend's husband's case, I mean, he did eventually good counseling and it's helped tremendously. And he's like, why didn't I do this so many, yeah. you know, months ago when I was really feeling this. Yeah.
0: So good. And then with the kids, what I was going to say too, for someone who's listening wants more info on that, I did interview Sissy Goff, who's a clinician specifically yes. with girls in Nashville, and she addressed the anxiety issue. They're seeing so many kids in their clinic uh, with anxiety. And then also, um, I think in an in interview with Sarah Furlich, we talked about ADHD. Oh, yes. I think there's a, a connection too when a child is 80, has ADHD and hasn't it, or it may look like ADHD, but it's actually anxiety. Um, they kind of can go hand in hand. So if right. you have a child and maybe teachers are suggesting they have ADHD, you might want to actually see someone to see if it's anxiety or vice versa. If they're showing a lot yeah. of anxious feelings, it might be that they're struggling with their focus and it's causing stress on their system. So right. anyway, I just want to bring those two interviews up to help Absolutely. to help y'all listening. So... Um, Okay. One other question I wanted to address is since you and I have both gone through this, that season when you have lots of little kids and everyone is so loud. Yes, and I, <laughs> I've had several moms. You know, one mom who had four under four. Can you imagine? Oh man, man, that's I mean, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, and it's it's again going back to that situational or seasonal anxiety. But what can a mom do if that's what she that's where she's finding? a lot of anxiety. It's maybe not been a chemical thing. It's not been something that she feels like she's to the level she needs to see a counselor, but just in her, in her life, I know for me, I felt some anxiety when they were all really little, That someone's going to get hurt on my watch. Just felt Um, a lot of pressure to keep everybody alive and safe. So what could we help her with in that season?
1: Sure. Sure, and that's huge. I mean, I think any anybody who's listening who's raising multiple small children at at one time, it it can just be nuts, and you never get a moment to yourself. I mean, it's just (laughs) so crazy, and so it can feel stressful. And I do. I know what you mean about the anxious thoughts about, you know, I know when. Excuse me, when my kids were little, I used to worry about if they would, you know, have SIDS or something like when they're (laughs) little babies, and then we, then when they're around pools, you know, we worry about swimming and drownings and things like that. So yes, there's so much to you know there's so much on our watch and i would just say something that really i think helps is being able to be part of a moms group where you talk openly about this yeah. i think that that can bring so much peace just knowing okay i'm not the only one who feels like this is a difficult season you know i'm not crazy for for having a little bit of anxiety about my children being around a pool but you know just be willing to talk about it and find a mom group but um i would say that and then i would just say too you know have some time each week where you can have a moment to yourself. <laughs> I think that that's huge.
0: No, I know. Yeah. That's such great advice. That season of so much going on. And if we don't take the time for ourselves, so that we can then go back in, it's <laughs> like going back into the right. battlefield. Yes. We, need get, we need to get off the front lines for a little bit. And everyone talks about self-care, but it's not just a suggestion. It's kind of a, a life-saving strategy. And um, oh, absolutely! I know, I know for me, there was a season where I was really fearful to have anyone else watch my kids. Um, I know we were going on a trip and my parents were going to watch my oldest son and they just bought this house with a pool. And I was terrified mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be vigilant and he was going to drown. And I thought, okay, I'm believing this lie that my kids are only safe with me. Right. So what if just life is life and we live in a broken world and things happen? What if one of them gets hurt with me? Am I going to take full ownership mm-hmm. of that? Like I was fully responsible. I was fully guilty um, because that is not going to go well. <laughs> like that, right. Yeah. That is going to require a lot of extra counseling on top of the grief. So Absolutely. I had to, had to kind of talk to God about that. Like, where am I trying to take ownership of the safety of my children beyond just the normal responsibility for the fact that I need to be in charge of them and, and take care of them, but not ultimate responsibility for their lifespan. Uh, it's, it's definitely, like we've said, it's a red flag. If I'm feeling overly anxious about something, what is right. a core belief I'm having and how can I go to God with that and and reconcile what's truth and what's not truth?
1: Absolutely. That's so true. And I think, you know, it is, I think, especially when you have young kids we can feel that way, like, oh, what if this happened? The what ifs are just, yeah. they just get yeah. us, you know, every time. Yeah. But I, I, I ask this question what if you never have a moment and you go literally nuts on your kids every day because the anxiety gets the best yes. of you? So yes. which it's is, like, which then is, what, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so then it, it doesn't serve us any, any good. You know, we have to be able to just put a pause on things sometimes. And I think it's okay. I mean, I know in my own house, you know, I, I do have some older kids and some younger kids, but there'll be times where I'll say, listen, mommy's going to have a moment. And Mm -hmm. I'll go in my bedroom for like 10 minutes. I make sure they're good. You know, they're occupied. And I'll just have a moment where I can just breathe for a moment. I can have a quiet, you know, moment in the day. Now it's not super quiet because, you know, obviously it's a pretty (laughs) loud house. Yeah, But, you know, just to have a, a pause in my day, because I know that I can, I don't, I don't want to just lash out at them. And I don't want to just be, you know, in a bad mood and all the time. I mean, I need to have a moment to breathe. And this is, you know, a moment where you can pray, where I can, you know, look at scripture, sometimes it's just literally having a mental break, like where I don't do anything. I mean, I Mm -hmm. think sometimes you just have to allow yourself to do that. But I think as moms, we do, we feel guilty Mm -hmm. and, and we think, no, you know, we should be fully present, right. right. We should be Be fully fully present, present. but we can't be fully present when we're Mm -hmm. just completely feeling overwhelmed and, and our patience is completely gone. So
0: I would say like in the midst of the crazy, let's say you have three, Young kids, and they're all just very, very busy. Mm-hmm. You can still put earbuds in and have on praise music in your ears, Absolutely. and you can have a Bible you leave out on the counter, and you can read a verse, and you can go wipe a bottom, and then you can, <laughs> you can. It's so true. Uh, wow. I, I wish I had done that a little bit more. I didn't, you know, didn't even think to do it uh, until my kids were older. But yeah, yes. it, them seeing you go to your Bible, not a bad thing that's true <laughs> i'm seeing you kind of like jesus uh, modeled for the disciples he would go away mm-hmm. a lot i remember he one time did, i
1: yeah. read through
0: the gospels and i was like wow jesus kind of went away a lot
1: <laughs> like yes. away
0: from the pressures and the stress and he didn't go away to go have like a guy's night out or something he went right, away yeah. to um to be with his father and exactly you know i again not to add stress and pressure but to recognize there's a gift there there's a a get to there that's life-giving and helpful in our mothering season of stress.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we take that time, I feel like it just, it brings us, it doesn't even take that much time. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I mean, it could even be just one verse that you're reading and you listen to one praise song and just that those few minutes can make such a difference and it can really calm our hearts and it can kind of put our minds in, in focus on what we need to be focusing on. And so, yeah, it's truly important, but like, I'm, I'm guilty. Like a lot of uh, people who, if you're listening, you're like, that sounds amazing, but I never do that. <laughs> I totally understand. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yes. I tend to, I tend I mean, more when know. I'm, when I'm totally overwhelmed by everybody. I, my go-to is to scroll through Instagram.
1: Like oh yes. Google, I,
0: I'm, I need to go see what other people are doing I'm the same um, way. Never really ends well for me. I just feel more pressure and guilt and Anyway, yes. it doesn't. <laughs> that's my yes. habit. I'm trying. Yeah, but I'm not going to try. I hate that word "try." I'm not going to try to stop. I just make a plan. That's right. That's different. A replacement. So, oh, Ashley, thank you for being with us today and sharing your own story and talking this through with me and helping women be free, um, giving them tools. Where can they find you online and get that resource you mentioned with the 31 verses?
1: Sure. Um, Well, uh, you can go to our website, DaveAndAshleyWillis.com. And uh, you can find all of our resources on there as well as this book. But uh, if you just want to go on Amazon, you can just look up Ashley Willis. It'll come right up there. And it's 31 verses and prayers for the anxious mind and heart. And it is, um, it's a devotional, but there's also a journal component. And so you can get it on your Kindle. But I think, it's, I think you'll get more out of it if you get the paperback, just because journaling can really be a big part of the healing process as well. And I know we didn't get to touch on that as much. But when you're going through these and you can write down what these thoughts are as your mind starts healing and you start you know meditating on the verses and the prayers and getting the help that you need as you're journaling you'll be able to look back and see kind of what God is doing in your life and it's just really encouraging when you're going through this because it's good to see progress
0: yeah. Like you said, the hope that you're not stuck just because you feel that way today. Exactly. Really,
1: exactly. You can't come out of it.
0: That's super, super helpful. Well, I'll put all those links in the show notes too, in case y'all are listening and you're grocery shopping or you're driving kids or picking kids up or whatever you're doing. You can always go to com and the show notes for this episode, you can find all those links, but thank you, Ashley. Enjoy your homework time with your kids this afternoon. <laughs> As Thank much you. as you can, we all Yay. love the <laughs> three o'clock hour. Um, yes. But we'll talk soon. I can't wait to meet you face to face someday. Thank you so much, Heather. All Thanks. right, bye bye, bye bye. Definitely go and check out Dave and Ashley Willis dot com and uh, their Facebook page. I think it's just marriages. It was or at Stronger Marriages. They have almost a million followers on Facebook. More than that, they have solid, biblically grounded information to share with you to make marriages stronger. Uh... Ashley, what a gift to be able to share her story and to have a resource that I can point y'all to if you need verses or truth and prayers to cling to when your mind starts looping and creating that nest that she talked about. What a great resource. I have all that in the show notes to so make sure if you're looking for that and you can't remember and you can't write it down because you're maybe your hands are all soapy and you're washing dishes, but whatever you're doing, uh, they're always over at GodCenteredMom.com um, with this show. And... Uh, I can attest that her husband Dave, solid guy, funny story. Uh, well, one not funny, amazing. I'm going to put it in the show notes. While we were in Israel, Dave he had memorized the Sermon on the Mount, and so we were standing on the mount, uh, and he rec- he would re- he recited it for us. He- we were looking at the Sea of Galilee, different parts of the sermon. Uh, where Jesus is gesturing, talking about the birds and how he takes care of the birds. We can hear the birds and he's looking at the, over on the hill and the light on the hill and we can, you know, see the hill and, oh man, it was so powerful. So I'm going to post that video in the show notes. Uh, also, funny story. I <laughs> kind of view Dave as like this wise, uh, pastoral, fatherly person of our group. And so near the end of the trip, I thanked him, you know, for being that father figure for the group and <laughs> found out a few minutes later that he was actually younger than me, which was quite humbling. Uh, and so then everyone was chiming in. Why did we, why did I think, why did others think that he was possibly older? And they, one suggestion was perhaps if his clothing was more up to date, he would look younger. So they, they suggested he switch clothes with Joel Smallbone uh, for King and Country. So they went to the bathroom of this small uh, little restaurant in Tel Aviv, switched clothes and came out and, oh, my stars, hysterical. Dave's, <laughs> Dave Willis as a rock star. Uh, but, you know, he was a good sport, funny, solid, solid guy that I can attest this couple is an amazing down-to-earth couple you need to follow and uh, get to know better. Uh, also wanted to update y'all. You were so sweet to put in your entries for the logo contest. Blown away by your bravery, your creativity. You all, in the image of God, you were made. And he is a creator and you created. And if you won or you didn't win, of course, I'd love to give every single one of you the prize because you all took time out of your days to make an entry and work on a logo for this show. And I'm forever grateful for that. If you want to see the top 10 uh, logo entries go over to my Instagram feed at godcenteredmom and you can see. I think it's like a turquoise one with purple and yellow. You can see the, and you just scroll to the right and you can see the top 10. Well, the second picture in with teacups at the bottom, that's actually our winner, Joy. She was the winner and did a fabulous job. Everyone resonated with her work. Everybody, I'm so thankful for all your entries. I get to know each of you a little bit better, getting your emails in my inbox. So thank you for playing along. Uh, I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous week. I'm blessed and humbled to walk on this journey with you. When I get your messages, um, even good friends of mine that I've walked life with, phone calls that they leave, messages they leave that the show is impacting them, I continue to be reminded that God is working individually in every person's life. And he is pursuing you. And he's using whatever means he can to get to your heart. And if I'm part of that, ugh. What a gift. What a humbling gift to stand in my closet by my stinky shoes, talk into a microphone, and get to be a conduit of his grace and his love for you. So I hope that you are overwhelmed by his pursuit of you, that you feel his peace that passes understanding, and that your mind is stayed on him. He's the solid ground you can stand on when everything else feels shaky. All right. Have a great week. I'll talk to you next Monday. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present